Hey, you're listening to the Encounter Church podcast. To learn more about Encounter Church, visit us at ecdenver.org, or you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Thank you for listening. All right, are you ready to hear the Word of God? All right, so now we get into the fourth, the fourth section of this whole foundations uh, discussion, and and we we just have to we have to talk about foundations. Uh, foundations are important. Uh, you can't build anything unless it has a decent foundation. I grew up in the rural South. I grew up in a rural America, and you'd see guys, you know, they'd go out and put a shed in their backyard, and it'd be on some, you know, lousy foundation. And a few years over, that was the leaning tower of whatever, uh, but because even though it wasn't a particularly big structure, it had a lousy foundation. Every structure needs a foundation. But then the other corollary is if you want to build something really big, you need a good foundation. And the bigger the construction, the more that that you want to do on a site, the better the foundation has to be. And people have known this for centuries. And in fact, you know, Christ in Matthew 7 was, was teaching one of his foundational sermons. He said that, look, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. And though the rain comes in torrents and floodwaters rise and winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teachings and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. And when the rains came and the floods came and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Every one of us needs a rock-solid foundation. All of our foundations need to be maintained. Anybody ever have to maintain your foundation, put some mud jacking in or some other stuff? And some of us need to realize that the foundation that we've been building on hasn't really supported what God wanted to do in our lives. You can recognize that because things become unstable. Things become crazy. We're not able to deal with things. Uh, one of my, my, my great passions as a pastor is to help people become rock solid in their relationship with God so that problems don't freak them out. I mean, you know, we don't need to be losing our cookies over things that really shouldn't be that big a deal. Amen? Amen. And so we've been talking about establishing foundations, and we kicked it off week one with, with really honestly saying there are just things in our life we need to leave behind. You know, it's 20, we're coming to the end of the year, we need to leave some stuff behind, and we need to own that decision and say bye-bye to those things, okay? Say bye-bye, okay? And don't look at somebody while you're saying it, <laughs> all right? It's, that's not what we're talking about here. So, so there's things we need to leave behind. We proceeded in the second week to talk about things that we need to embrace, okay? It's not just, you know, this, Christianity is not a bunch of thou shalt nots. It's, it's actually more focused on the thou shalts. It's the proactive, the positive, the things that we're supposed to do. And there's things that we need to embrace if we're really going to build a foundation that will, will lead us and support us in, in developing the life that God has for us. So that was week two. And if you haven't listened to those, I encourage you to catch up. Now, last week, when it, when it was the coldest Sunday in the history of all humanity, and it was the coldest Sunday in the history of all humanity, we, we talked about the differences between honor roll Christians and just getting by Christians. You know, we talked about the Philippians and the Hebrews. 
And we really said, if, you know, it's kind of up to us. Which, which category do we want to be identified with? You know, do we want to be, you know, the students who are really trying to be exceptional? Or are we just kind of, hey, what, what's the minimal amount of effort that is necessary <laughs> to, to kind of slide on through here? And, and I, don't, I, I believe better in, in all of us that we really do want to excel. And we can excel by the grace of God and with his help. And so those were the first three, and that brings us to today's. Now, what I want to talk to you today is, is about the reality that sometimes when you are trying to build on a site in construction, you all know I'm a former engineer, right? Okay. Sometimes that site just won't support construction. It's too messed up. And so what has to happen is you have to strengthen the foundation by doing certain modifications. And there are, there are physical things we're going to talk about that have spiritual analogies or things that you can, you can, you can tie them together, okay? And, and, and here is the issue. If you find that you're having trouble dealing with challenges or not making progress in your spiritual life, the problem may be that you need to improve your foundation, you may be doing all of the right things, the right behaviors, saying the right words, attending the right events, but if your foundation is not solid, it, it will leave you unstable and, and issues will just mess you up and you won't be making progress. And there's nothing more frustrating than not making progress. I once ran 20 miles on a treadmill. I, I ran one marathon and I had a long run. I ran 20 miles on a treadmill. Most awful two and a half hours of my entire life. You know, so there's nothing more boring than looking at the same thing. And, and that's not what God has for us, okay? So we're going to talk about three ways to improve your foundation. Physically, the very first thing I want to talk about is something called peers. And I want to show a picture. Can you guys see this okay? This is from a Florida construction company that specializes in building luxury home foundations. And what happens is in Florida, you got a lot of swampy ground, Okay. You know, it, it's, just, it's just peat moss and stuff like that. It's just nasty, okay? And you can't put anything on it bigger than just, you know, a bathtub or a hot tub or something like that. If you want to build a nice house, if you want to build a nice life, if you want to build something important, you've got to drill down through the swampy stuff and tie it into bedrock or more solid earth, and that allows you to create this slab under which you can actually do some construction, Okay? Those are called peers. When we talk about your spiritual life, often we are put in situations, either by our choice or the circumstances of our birth or just, you know, for whatever, that are unstable. You, ever, you got any unstable relatives? Can you trade them in? <laughs> no, it's, no, you can't trade them in. I, you can't do that. You ever work for an unstable boss? Yeah, you can't trade him in. I mean, you need the job. You, you, I mean, I, I, you, you get the point. There's some instability in our life. Sometimes it's us and sometimes it's others. But the way that we strengthen our foundation when we're surrounded by instability is we put peers down into rock-solid truths that we can hang on to and grasp and that will keep us strong. That's how I've survived without going fully insane. I'm only partially insane. <laughs> you, know, it's, you, you get crazy in your life, and, and, it, and, it, and it can make you crazy. 
but there's some truths that you can embrace. And they're all in the Word of God. They're all in the Bible. I'm going to give you four that are from my life. These are things that help me deal with stuff. And the first you've heard me talk about is from Hebrews 11, that the fact that God is and he rewards those who diligently seek him. God is. When I pray, I'm not praying to a, a, a vain imagination. I'm not praying to a fantasy. I'm not praying to, to a, a non-entity. I know in my heart that there is a creator of this universe, and he cares. And, he, and he's, not, he's not, you know, bored with me. He's not tossed me aside. And that serving him, seeking him, asking him to show me, to guide me, to help me is worth my time. And so in my life, there have been seasons when, you know, even as a pastor, you know, like, is it all worth it? You have those, is it all worth it moments? I'm sure none of you have ever had, is it all worth it? You know, you've never, man, this is just a waste of time. I don't care. You know, uh, when those moments come up, the peer that I grab hold of is that God is, and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And that brings stability where there's instability. It's important. Another truth that I've embraced in my life is this, that whatever we ask in faith, we will receive, if it's according to his will. There's things in my life that, that you go, well, can you have that? How do you? Well, ask. See. But, but faith is important. I, I, we were talking once. It was myself and a Presbyterian minister, and he was asking me about seeing more miracles and, and he said, you know, you're part of that faith community that, you know, the name it and claim it, which I hate. I hate that. I hate that. I said, I'm part of the community that God believes that God loves me. And he told me to ask him for things. And he said to believe that I have received them when I asked them if they're according to his will. And I said, that's, that's biblical. And the, and the guy goes, well, have you seen that? I said, here's what I have seen. The people in my congregation who go to the, the, the risky step of actually confessing with their mouth and believing in their heart that that scripture is true and saying, God, I want you to invade my life. I want you to invade my circumstance. I want you to invade my situation. They see way more prayers answered than people who just say, you know, God, if you have a second, would you mind doing this? And I know that, that if I will get my, my, my life in alignment with faith, I see far more breakthroughs than if I keep my life completely out there just wondering whether or not God is real. That's the second peer in my life. Another peer is this, is that God causes all things to work to the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. That's hard. You ever pray for something and you didn't get it? Do you ever pray for someone to get out of a terrible situation and it didn't work? You ever see disaster happen even though you really didn't want it? That's life. I do not understand why. And I gave up some years ago trying to justify or explain that. But the peer that I tie on to is that whatever the enemy intended for evil, God will use for good. There, there, is, there is a purpose to our pain. There is a purpose to our suffering. And that's a peer in my life. I drill through the instability of, of unpleasant circumstances and difficult things and say, somehow, God, you are going to bring good out of this. And it's going to bring glory to God. And it's going to bring benefit to the kingdom. And it's going to bless my life. I don't know how, but it is. Because that's what your word says. 
It's a peer that I have tied my life to. And so even though the soil may be, you know, blah, the peer is tied to rock-solid truth. And, and I, I end with the fourth one, and there's, there's a number of these, is that is if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. I am never exempt from redemption. It is always available to me. And when I fall and when I make mistakes and when I say what I shouldn't and when I judge people unfairly and when I do something stupid, I can say, forgive me, Lord. And his, the restoration is instantaneous. And what we all need are similar peers that we tie our life to because you will be in unstable situations. And if you don't have those things, all that happens is your foundation that may appear solid will just move around because it's not tied to bedrock. Okay? Got that one? Yeah. Say peers. I'm going to get me some. <laughs> All right, you're going to get you some. All right. So when you have a bad site, though, that's not the only way that they strengthen foundations. There is another method that they use, and I love just this word. There's a process they call deep dynamic compaction. Now, I don't know if you can see that. Can, can you see that crane? And at the end of that crane, there's a big heavy rock. Can you guys see that? And you see those little indentions that are all over that field, you know, from those rocks? All right, what, what that is, is if you've got a site where you have what could be a really firm foundation, but the gravel and the rock is too loose, you know, there's too much water in it, there's too much whatever in it, if you will go through that site, pick up a 10 to 40 ton, ton, say ton, ton block, and just drop it repetitively and just beat on that ground, it will drive all the slack out of that rock. And that rock will be put together, and it will be firm, and it will be suitable to build a solid foundation on, okay? And if you are ever able to be on a construction site where they're doing that, has anyone actually been on a site where they're doing deep dynamic? Yeah, it's shizubunk. It makes a great noise, doesn't it? And the physics behind it is that there's shock waves that go out, and they cause things to get crumpled together. But spiritually, the analogy you know, is really obvious. It is... <laughs> Is, is that when you think about this, you immediately go, at least I do, to James 1, verses 2 and 4. And it says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind, any kind, I'll say that a third time, any time come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. <laughs> for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. God prunes us, right? It says, you know, the Lord rebukes those he loves, corrects those he loves. You know, I would submit to you that if God wants to do something in your life, something significant, wants you to experience a, a full, amazing, blessed life, and the foundation in your life isn't suitable to support his will for you, he will allow you to be put in a stressful situation so you can experience spiritual deep dynamic compaction. <laughs> Essentially, 
He will let a heavy object drop upon you multiple times <laughs> in a systematic way, like a big heavy hammer going kathunk, 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 kathunk. Not because he hates you, not because he's mad at you. It's just that's how you get the slack out. <laughs> Anybody with me now? I'm not getting amens around the room. <laughs> I, I, I'm just being honest. I'm trying to get to the scriptures and say this is what it says, all right? <laughs> Okay, but here is the deal. We do not like to be in stressful, high-pressure situations. Come on, now that, can I get an amen on that? All right, you know, we, we medicate pain, or at least I do. I, 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 <laughs> we want calm seas, and, and we want smooth highways, but it's, it is the challenges of life that produce true character, Okay, And without true character, we can never really do great things. Consider this. We want stress-free lives, but true stress-free living isn't the absence of challenges. It's having a mature faith that overcomes challenges. Okay, it's, it's not you being someplace where nothing tests you, nothing tempts you. It's, it's you being put in a place that your perseverance and your integrity and your, and your just revelation that, you know, I'm winning this fight. I'm, I'm winning this fight. I mean, I, I know that the enemy is coming against me and he's got his, his you know, heart set on me being you know, dead, killed, and destroyed and all that stuff. But that ain't happening because I, I, the greater one is in me. And I'm the head and not the tail. And you know something? I've been through a fight or two. And I've, been, I've won those fights. You, you, you know that there is something to that. You don't know what you can do until you do it. I mean, again, you're going, what's he talking about? This is a bad analogy. But I remember the very first time I skied a black diamond ski run. Okay, and I was like 47 years old, and I, I learned to ski late in life, and I was sitting there, and I, and I went up with a, with a guy, and he said, Al, it, was kind of, it was a semi-private lesson, and he goes, you've never skied a black diamond? I said, no. He goes, well, you're going to today, and I said, not if I have anything to say about it, I mean, <laughs> but, but we get up there, and he goes, now, this is what you're going to do, and you go through it the first time, and I get to the bottom, and nothing's broke. And so you know what he did? He took me around to another one, and we skied another one. Then he took me around to another one, and skied another one. And I got to the place, although I may not have been artistic, I was safe. And I knew how to handle the pressure of moguls and all that stuff, because he taught me how to deal with it. There was a whole learning curve. And that is what God wants to do. He puts you in high-stress situations, or allows them to be there, if you would rather, so that you mature and grow, so that you can go into the enemy's camp and take back what the enemy has stolen. We got to have Christians willing to take, to take on problems. Because we got a lot of problems out there, and God wants to use us to bring solutions. But we better have a foundation that isn't full of just loose rock. It, it's foundations that have been beaten into something that works. <laughs> Again, I'm not getting amens in this house. <laughs> but I, I, I'm telling you, it's, it's if you will stay in the pressure zone. And I know that sometimes you got to get a break and you need a mental health day and you need to go cry on somebody's shoulder or you need to do whatever. That, that's okay. But if you stay in the process, the consequence, the result, the end of that will be you will be able to be used by God to do great things. 
And that's a pretty cool thing, right? All right, so what was the first way that we improve foundations? With the use of what? And peers are truths that you hang on to, right? The second way is through what? Dynamic compaction. You'll never forget that word, will you? Deep. It's just such a great word. It's a deep dynamic compaction. And that's simply getting hit with a rock multiple times. <laughs> All right. It's, it's, it's still good. But sometimes, you know, deep dynamic compaction, peers, you know, they just don't work. The, 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 the site's just garbage. Okay? And sometimes when the site is garbage, but you still want to build on it, you go through a process of soil mitigation, or there's other words for this as well, but, but what happens is you have to take what is there and simply scrape it off and then replace it with something that you can compact and something that you can build on, okay? This is a picture. I don't know if you can see it. What they're doing is they're digging out a site, and they'll come back in later, and they'll pour new rock in that area. Now, what's the analogy to our spiritual lives? We come to Christ. You know, the famous invitation is, just as you are, come, right? You know, just as you are, just as you are, come, come, come. You know, lay it at the altar. And then we say, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have been made new, right? 2 Corinthians, you know, 5.17. And theologically and spiritually, it's 100% right. How many of you, when you gave your heart to Christ, lost every single thing that was troubling you before you came to Christ? You lost all the attitudes, the you know, behaviors, the temptations, the junk. How many of you just, you, you came to the altar and suddenly you didn't have any problem with sin ever again? That would be no one? Okay, welcome to humanity. But, but here's the deal. I told you in the very first week of this series that we got to leave some things in the past, and I'm going to repeat that again. There's some things that if you hang on to these, you will not have a solid foundation that you can build a successful spiritual life upon. You'll, you'll not step into the fullness of the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, long-suffering, you know, self-control, goodness, all that stuff. You will not step into to discerning what the will of the Lord is for your life so that you can go out and, and make an impact and do things that are, that, are, that are really consequential because I think God wants us to have consequential lives. You will cut yourself off from the fruit of your faith because if God gives it to you, instead of it being a blessing, it's just going to become a curse. And sometimes you won't even make the changes in your life or, or, or embrace the behaviors he wants you to because you keep hanging on to this stuff from the past. And it's not, I'm not here to judge anybody. I'm just trying to say some things that, 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 that we have to kind of face. The early Christians, when you read the epistles, they had some of these. Some of them tried to hang on to their culture. We want to be Jews and Christians. Well, you can do that sort of except for the place where it won't let Jews and Gentiles hang out together because there's only one body in Christ. So whatever your, your ethnic issues are, you need to leave them in the past because you'll never embrace the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God is plural, pluralistic. It is. 
You're not going to have the community you need in order to achieve what God has for you. So you want to hang on to your culture? You can hang on to your culture. You just will never have a foundation. Some of them wanted to hang on to the law because it made them feel good. I didn't have to think. You just give me a set of rules to follow, and I'll do A and B and C and D, and then I'm good, right? I'm good. I did all the, I dotted the I's and I tossed and I crossed the T's, and I followed everything that, the, that I was told to do. Therefore, I'm okay. And yet Jesus said that your traditions have rendered my word void. You know, if you justify wrong actions because you followed the law, you're wrong. God doesn't want us to, to simply, you know, have naive, childish understandings of what his love looks like. He said he has two rules. Love him with all your heart, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. But that takes you growing to the place where you could discern what that love looks like. And many of the early Christians who came from the Jewish background said, hey, you know, we're just going to hang on to the law because it makes us feel good. It just kept them weak and immature because they weren't building on the revelation of God's grace. I mean, I'm, you know what I'm saying? I mean, these make sense. <clears throat> Some of them, understandably in my opinion, wanted to hang on to their life because the early church had to face some very difficult decisions. You have a choice right now. You can maintain your faith and your integrity and your commitment to being a follower of Jesus and be executed, or you can renounce your faith and we'll let you go. Well, how can you do anything if I'm dead? Because a martyr's life is not a wasted life. It's not. And they were faced with that reality. Are you going to hang on to your life or will you give up your life? And it is in the scriptures that if you want to hang on, if you want to hang on to your life, you will not live the life that God has for you because you won't have the foundation you need. Now, that's, that's them, right? Let's fast forward to us. What might we be hanging on to? This is an issue with a lot of us, and, and myself, I've been guilty of this as well. It's things like a victim mentality. We, we live in a culture that has sort of honored this concept of you were abused, therefore you don't have to do anything. Or you were taken advantage of, and you don't have to do anything. You, you know, it's understandable that you're an underachiever because all of these bad things happen to you. And if that's what you believe, you will never achieve the things that God has for you. Because God tells us whatever was our past, that is not our future. The future is dependent upon my promises for you and what I say about you, not what other people did. There is a wonderful verse that says that no man can curse us beyond God's ability to bless us. But I know a lot of people, including myself at times, say, well, this happened and this happened and that happened. Therefore, nothing good can happen because I'm too damaged, I'm too weak, I'm too whatever. And yet God says, you are not victims, you are the head and not the tail, you are above and not beneath. But if I hang on to that, all I've done is keep the crummy soil in my life and I can't build on that. I don't want to live that way. So help me mitigate that stuff and get it out of my life. Sometimes you mess up and do something really stupid. Nah. Anybody really mess up and do something stupid? Oh my gosh, I've done this. I can never be redeemed from this thing. Of course you can. 
What a silly comment, but yet we hang on to that and we disqualify ourselves from God using us in a certain way. Well, you went through a divorce, so you can't do that. You used to be an addict, you can't do that. You went to prison, you can't do that. You cussed and you can't do that. You know, you punched your pastor. <laughs> That's understandable. I mean, I actually, I, 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 have, you know, I, I see why you would want to do that. I mean, you have these things where, where you go through this stuff and you, you do something wrong cannot be defended, it cannot be justified, but if we continue to see ourselves as that person, we don't build the foundation, you know? Because God wants us to, to, to leave those things in the past. Insecurities, judgments, the belief that you are beyond, I, I, I'm not going to say this right, or I do want to say this right, I guess. You can control your future with God's help. Your decisions matter. You're not weak and powerless. You have the ability to change your destiny if you will accept the fact that maybe you need to replace some lies that you've been buying into with the promises of God. So that brings us to three takeaways from this sermon this morning. And we're bringing this to a close, and we're going to be receiving communion uh, in just a second in response to this. And, and that is that, that before we try to do anything with our life, the first thing we got to get is our foundation right. And the way that, that sometimes we have to do that is we got to recognize that, that our lives may not be the best foundation to build upon. And so we have to put peers of truth down into eternal truths that we can hang on to. We have to let God put us in a place of pressure so that we develop the character and the faith and the, and, the, and the integrity so that we can build on that. And we have to own the reality that there are thoughts and attitudes and past hurts and offenses and sins and things in our past that we need to let God clear out so he can replace them with a new revelation that, that we really are new creations in Christ Jesus. And so before we get into actually receiving the elements. I want you to think of your life and think about where you're unstable because most of us have some instability areas. And just for a few seconds or a minute, consider maybe God's wanting you to bring some solidity into your life, to, to deal with some stuff this morning, both the online family as well as the in-person. I need some confessions, God. I need to confess that I'm going to live and not die, and I'm going to declare the glories of my God. I need to confess that, you know, I'm going to have open doors that no man can close. I need to confess that no matter how painful this past season of my life has been, somehow you're going to turn it around for good. I need to develop faith that moves mountains because it's learned to trust God. And it's a faith that is born not just from reading the word, but by experiencing the challenges of life. I got to confess my sins. I, I've viewed myself as a victim, not a victor. I viewed myself as, a, as weak and powerless, as a, someone who has been damaged too far to be redeemed or restored. 
And that's not true. I got to change that thinking and see myself as a delightful creation of the Most High God, as a, as a beloved son or daughter of the King, as a co-heir with Christ of the fullness of heaven. That's who I am. That's part of the essence of this new covenant we have in Christ. And it's with that thought, I'd like us to take our communion elements. And if you didn't pick one up on the way in, if you just raise your hands and our ushers will serve you. We have a young lady up here and some others. And I'd like us to, to keep that focus, that, that we're building a foundation, we're affirming ourselves as we receive these communion elements. I'd like us to think about this verse from Corinthians where it says, and when he'd given thing, he, that's Christ, broke it, meaning the bread. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this to remember me. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's open up and take out the wafer. And let's make this confession. By faith, I partake of the body of Christ and participate in the life that he calls me to. Amen. Let's peel back the juice and continue with the verses. It says, in the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. Let's make this confession. By faith, I partake of the blood of Christ and the forgiveness it brings. Amen. And as I was sipping on that, in my head, I had this image that we were literally driving piers down into bedrock as we were drinking that communion. That, that there were some really deep spiritual things going on. And I want you to be encouraged as you leave from this place that, that God is doing something in your life. And you do not have to be unstable. You can become a rock-solid person. We love you very much. we got great things happening. encourage you to be with us Wednesday night for our Space in Place prayer. Make sure you check out the small group tables and, and the information. Stop by the alternative pregnancies and uh, go with God. And remember a coat next week. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Encounter Church, visit ecdenver.org or find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram.